This episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by our friends at The Red Room. Hey, did you know that The Red Room recently released their Wretched RPG core system to unify all of their Wretched products? And they just released one of their most phenomenal products, Wretched Epoch, specifically skinned to work with their Wretched RPG core system. Wretched Epoch is a great look at throwback 1900s Paris, where you can enjoy the weird gonzo world of their alternate universe. It's a spectacular addition to your RPG shelf and one that you need to put on your table. You can get it at their website, which is theredroom.com, but backwards, M-O-O-R-D-E-R-E-H-T.com, or at Big Geek Emporium. Again, The Red Room, making great quality products in the OSR and proud sponsors of Nerd Cognito. Check them out. We know you will love their stuff. Now, on with the show. Hey, 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 my name is Ryan David, and you are listening to another and important episode of Nerd Cognito. Thanks so much for tuning in. Glad to have you on board tonight, and boy, what a night are you in for. I can't wait to tell you. Most of you already know what what is coming, but it is a spectacular show. My dearest friend, Bert, he couldn't make it with us this week, but I am joined, of course, by our co-host, Kyle. Hey, Kyle, what's going on? Hey, I'm just waiting to see if I get early fireworks. Oh, well, why would you get early fireworks for the 4th of July? It's not time yet. No, we're getting close, though, Mm. and uh, our guest tonight, sometimes... You never know. That Things it, could blow up. <laughs> hasn't enough stuff blown up already. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to come out of the fallout shelter, man. <laughs> uh, no, well, uh, it, it's it's going to be a fun show. Before we get to that, did uh, anything happen in your gaming world this week? Um, reconnected with an old friend. I might've mentioned that before, but I finally got him to commit and say that, yes, he would be in for a, uh, virtual game. I don't usually like to do virtual, but, uh, I think you were telling me, unless my Swiss cheese brain is incorrect. I think you were telling me about it off the air. So, um, now now the world knows but i think it's very commendable i I was telling you you know uh, i have a friend that is like that um it's the guy that brought me into the hobby way back when but uh, unfortunately i know that he has very much had a different path in life so it's not likely that uh that i could do that so i'm gonna live vicariously through you well, I'd be glad to have you join if you want. <laughs> or at least you can tell me about it, right? <laughs> then I can have two players. Then you can have two players. What, what are you going to run? Okay, so I'm kind of torn right now. I'm, okay, Don't let me, run let me 13th back age. Let me just... <laughs> no. No, I'm going to back up. I'm going to rewind for a minute. Okay, so, so this guy, I won't reveal his name yet because he hasn't said if he wants his name revealed. But... Uh, he wasn't the guy who introduced me to the hobby, but he was the first, what I would really consider full-time dungeon master that I had with D and D. And he, we kind of back in the day did a mashup between basic and advanced. No, it was basically 
the basic mechanics, but we used all the cool shit from Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, the classes, Rangers and Paladins. And all right, that. right, right. And I don't remember how long that campaign ran, but there was six or seven of us, I think. And it ran for several years. Yeah, that's great. Um, I, I, through I, through high school and into college. Sounds very much like my intro. You know, we started with with advanced and then really caught our stride with second, right? So second would be where where I really cut my teeth, so to speak. But um, right. yeah, that that guy totally different life and you know no animosity or anything it's just we grew apart i did very limited gaming this week we we played at the nerd cognito table this week and a friend of the show patty's parlor i I got a package in the mail and it was two copies of his mutant skirmish game patty sent us nice so we threw that on the table uh on Friday night, and we played a board game, the Taverns of Tiefenthal. Never heard of that. Uh, it's an interesting game. We had a really good time with it. It was one that was on the shelf of shame for a really long time, but <laughs> it's essentially a game where you are building a German tavern, right, in the middle of the German peasant land, and um, through dice placement and card drafting, You upgrade your tavern, and whoever can attract the most nobles to their tavern wins the game in the end. It's interesting in that it plays in phases, and each phase is actually a a standalone game. So we played one game in the very basic phase, and then every phase it adds new mechanics and new stuff into the game. So when we were playing it, it was just, you know... Oh, well, we have our buxom barmaid and we have our bar back and we have our monks that are brewing the beer and we're building up the tavern so that people visit it. But then as the game progresses through future games, you add other elements like now we're going to have schnapps as an offering. Now there's going to be a a sideboard that you can do to your tavern. Um, It's definitely worth a look. It it was a fun time. Uh, No straight up tabletop gaming this week. Which kind of is sad, but it's been a busy week. You know, we had free RPG day um, and life, life was busy. So what a week. And it's, yes. it, it, it's not slowing down anytime soon. Kind of a, a big deal. We have what I would consider our most prominent guest to date. Wouldn't you say so? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's a big honor. No, I I was talking to our guest off the air, and I was saying, you know, I wish that it wasn't a shit show that brought us together finally, because I would have loved to talk about uh, things other than the current state of the Internet sphere, because, you know, shoosh, we need some some chest waiters to get through some of the stuff that we're seeing now. But nonetheless, it was a great honor and privilege when I asked, Hey, do you want to come on and talk about a little bit of the stuff that's going on in the hobby right now? And, and he said, yes. So I want uh, to welcome to the show, the RPG pundit pundit. Welcome. Welcome to nerd cognito. Well, thank you for having me. No, I, I it's, it's our honor. Like I said, <laughs> I wish that we were talking about something that was um, a little more positive. I don't think it's negative, but, the the topic that sort of brought everything to a head was was certainly something that was eye-opening to me and you know there's been 
infighting in our end of the hobby for ever. <laughs> I think that's that's a good good assessment, but it's been particularly ugly over the last month and I, I just I don't understand it, you know, people are questioning uh, who's OSR? What is OSR? Are you gaming correctly? Are you doing things correctly? What's your motivation for doing things? I've seen friendships of years just disintegrate. And man, that's not why we play the game. You know, uh, you had some interesting perspective. You did uh, Diversity and Dragons the, the other week. And yeah. you were trying to break down the points of where our end of the hobby stands and i think it it caused more confusion than not so um first and foremost what do you think about this shit show carousel that's going on well uh you know in most respects i think that it's largely just um some of it is very performative i think uh there's relatively recently let's say there's been um a upswing of several new uh osr or osr adjacent uh youtube channels um and a few other people who aren't necessarily doing youtube channels but but you know similar media who have become very prominent on the whole that's a good thing you know compared to a few years ago where there was only relatively very few channels that were that were specifically focused on on kind of the OSR side of things that weren't you know just doing live plays or something that were you know commentary channels. Sure. Um, the the quality of the these new ones they're they're bringing in a lot of interesting discussion, a lot of interesting ideas. Um, now I think that <laughs> alongside that there's there's some uh, aspects of without a doubt some of these guys are you know they're looking to make a name for themselves they're looking to grow their channel and so there's um they like to to pick controversial subjects and you know you can never go wrong with the easy way of being able to uh focus on crap that that wizards of the coast is doing you know or something like that and we, guilty we, i do it right <laughs> so yeah we we just had several months in a row uh, for the for the first part of the year of uh, wizards doing one massive screw up after another and so it was a very rich environment and i think a lot of people benefited from that you no, know it was it was it was a buffet my friend <laughs> in a barrel it was unbelievable you know um but uh that's kind of died down a little now in the last couple of months and uh, I think a lot of people are hoping to live, you know, maintain their momentum. And so what you what you end up seeing is people um, doing videos where they're they're pushing into, you know, uh, maybe trying to generate a controversy. And most of this is controversy about like how you role play or or you know what type of of game you like to run, you know, and and. Uh, presenting strong opinions. I mean, that's that's the nature of modern social media, and especially YouTube, is that if you have a guy whose channel is just about, like, you know, uh, kind of just generic gaming advice or, you know, very namby-pamby kind of, you know, oh, this is something I like, right? Um, that's that's not going to call as much of attention as, like, yeah, well, Black Lodge Games is a, is a good example. I like them a lot. They, they have really interesting discussions. 
but you know they've got this thing of uh, this is the way to role play you know and if you're not role playing like this it's an abomination or something like that <laughs> so it's, it's it's really going out of its way to in some ways like polarize things right and then you know because like the OSR has historically been really good at at cross promoting each other you know like like there's there's a whole bunch of us the ones especially who make games that that we um instead of because there are there have been some other subcultures in in the rpg world that have either had this like in crowd that has been out you know really trying to control who gets to be in that in crowd and and trying to um prevent you know newer designers from coming in and taking their glory as if there's there's a limited pool of um of money to be made or or views to catch and so you 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 know you try to put down and and uh, hold back other people the osr never did that you know like uh, i i i've got to say until recently it's it's really fragmented recently and one of the i think and I guess I would I would disagree. Well, you know, historically I would agree with you, but if I look at the last three to six months, man, there are cliques that are that are forming. I think we're dropping the ball. And I, I've said it before. I think that the the sparkle troll end of things are really mobilized far better than we are right now, as far as supporting each other and getting content out there. I, I don't. I'm not I'm not sure that's exactly true because what they have is they have this pyramid scheme kind of top-down hierarchy, right? This was this was very exposed. Um especially when when you like know the DM's gold somebody... guild three thing. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but are similar to like the structure of DM's guild? Well, it's it's actually more of like the internal it, it it's something actually that you see a lot more evidence of this on things like Twitter. Okay. Um where you have this group of, um, you know, what what you call the sparkle trolls, right? That are that are these kind of um, this in crowd of these designers who who have a lot of influence there and who uh, will uh, go out of their way to say, well, this is what we all have to believe, and you all have to say this, and if you don't say this, we're going to cancel you, right? And then, um, and then they'll they'll also promote games of each other's inner circle. But if someone else, if someone new is coming along and trying to do something, unless they've spent a, a requisite amount of time sucking up and promoting these other guys, they're not going to get in, right? And they're 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 going to be very careful. And and in fact, it becomes this anti-competition thing where people who actually have maybe a little bit more talent than the other ones, uh, they'll actually try to grind those people down because they're afraid of the competition. And so that there's like a um, a limited amount of of success that that can be had, you know. Right. Um, and and this is all in the context of their kind of left wing politics too, right? Um, whereas the OSR is is completely decentralized, right? There is nobody who who has the the power, and and there's no little you know group that has the power to shut other people out, you know. No, I read um, that that was you, by the way. And <laughs> I don't want that power. I've, I've been one of the big advocates that whenever there's been someone that shows up that wants to try to be the king or the pope of OSR or whatever, you know, those those people, I'm, I'm you know, 
going to generally be very critical of them because all almost always they're all, also grifters of some kind you know fair now i do think that that what's happened is that a lot of these fights that you're seeing are mostly happening with people who are not game designers first you know they they they're, they're, they're um, people that have a YouTube channel or a big Twitter profile or whatever. Um, and, and those are the people that are using some of the stuff that you've, that, that you see, I think in other cultures or subcultures or whatever on YouTube or other areas, um, to engage in this kind of, um, these, these rivalries and whatnot. Uh, now some of them have now are now producing games and maybe that'll change the way that they look at things. Right. Because, um, one of the benefits of the OSR is because essentially all OSR products are compatible. It means that, uh, you know, if, if I'm encouraging somebody else's game, which I do all the time, right, with all kinds of people's products, you know, sure. some that are well-known, some that are not as well-known that I try to bring attention to, um, that, that, is, that doesn't threaten my sales. That helps me, right? Because the more people that are, that are getting into the OSR in general, you know, it, it, rises it, it it rises the tide for all the boats you know like everybody uh benefits from that you know and so th there's an inherent advantage in encouraging everybody who's in the osr now there are some boundaries to be set right like and, and one of the things that most of the designers of the osr are in agreement about is that the osr is supposed to be about gaming it's not supposed to be about promoting a political agenda mostly this means that you know if you're if you're promoting woke politics first rather than than gaming um you're you're going to get you know some serious pushback right but Absolutely. it can also apply to other types of politics which is part of the the very recent uh situation um if if the person if if people are designing games and they're 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 and those games are osr games that's that's another thing there is like there is some level of debate about what qualifies as an osr game right but but on the whole the, the motion in the OSR as a design school has been um, towards increasingly open, being increasingly open to games that that are um, doing more experimental things. As long as it's it's still within those those um, landmarks of the OSR of uh, having a fundamental compatibility with kind of old school D and D, right? You know? We can still also promote other games that are perhaps also inspired by other old school sources, right? Like I think everybody who likes the OSR also likes, say, you know, Traveler or you know, mm -hmm. the Chaosium system. You know, like there, there, there's no problem with that. It's just technically it's not OSR; it's another type of old school. But but you know that's fine, right? The problem is if someone designs, I don't know, some some weirdo story game and tries to claim it's OSR just because they know that saying it's OSR will help it sell, right? And that's something that 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 is a legitimate criticism you can make of, of people doing something like that. Right. No, you, um, you, you yeah. absolutely, you took me to task with it. You said, I don't understand. Uh, I released something or other for one of my upcoming things or my debut thing, I guess, technically. And, and I used the term OSR adjacent and you said, really, Ryan, what is OSR adjacent? And I said, no, you're absolutely right. It's I'm yeah. looking at the feeling at the table, but I'm not looking at the nuts and bolts. And that wasn't the right phrase. But I guess That's enough right. people just aren't saying that wasn't the right phrase. You know, <laughs> from what it sounds like, there's a lot of people that are just slapping OSR on to sell books. 
Right, right. Now, if you just say, well, you know, this is this is a cool game, and I think people that like the OSR might also like this game, that's perfectly fine, right? Like, the problem is if you try to specifically say OSR, and, and it's not really like, it doesn't have those most fundamental aspects of, um, you know, old school D&D that uh, otherwise we end up defining OSR out of existence if you start saying, well, you know, this game that uses dice pools is OSR. No, it's not. <laughs> if you've got a dice pool resolution system, it's not OSR. And that's happening. Uh, that's they're, they're out there. They're they're definitely out there being marketed right now. So um, yeah. I, I but hear they you. Don't, they don't get away with it, you know, like, and, and that's not the big issue. So like the, the real thing that's going on here right now is I think that there's and this is something I was concerned about, you know, in the past also, that that um, in in the rest of the hobby, there's this big influence on influencer culture, right? Like the, there's a lot of kind of subcultures in the, the RPG hobby, the tabletop RPG hobby, where the people who, who have the most clout are are not game designers. Right. They're influencers. They're people who are who are best known, even if some of them might also put out products. They're best known as being YouTube celebrities of some kind or another. Whether it's the Critical Role crowd or you know other other people, you know some of the 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 Watsy D and D people, right? Like at this point, a lot of there are a lot of YouTube channels um, who have more influence over, let's say, the fifth edition subculture than people who actually have designed products for fifth edition. Right? Okay. Now, partly that might be because a lot of the people who design products for fifth edition design bad products, but, <laughs> but uh, it's still, it's still, it's still uh, an issue, right? Because then suddenly um, your the influence becomes a question of how good are you at doing YouTube videos rather than how good are you at designing RPGs or running games or things like that. Right. Right. And, th and that's how you also end up with people, you know, like in fifth edition, you see this all the time, you know, someone who's been like, who discovered D&D &D 5e, you know, four months ago, and they've got a channel and, you know, often, especially if they're, you know, kind of an attractive girl or something like that. And then, <laughs> and then suddenly they've got a hundred thousand subscribers, right. And, and, and enormous influence. And they don't really know anything about the hobby, Right. I right? call because that Jenny D syndrome. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, precisely. Well, that, that, that is the example I was thinking. Of. Well, yeah. I said it, you did it. <laughs> I I'm hoping because again, a, a lot of the channels, right. They, they do good stuff. They do stuff that is worth watching on YouTube. Right. And, and it's, and it's very interesting. We want to avoid having a, an influencer dominated OSR because then, you know, that, just, that, that also ruins the OSR because it's, it's, it's suddenly not about, design right or even gameplay it's about you know how good are you at doing videos right and, and i'm hoping that that because a lot of these guys are very good and they they have imp interesting things to say most of the really successful ones are doing that that they're you know maybe gonna move away from from this kind of attitude and and uh get back into uh producing like interesting stuff because ultimately these kind of um rivalries and what have you you know some of them like they even seem really fake right and then others you know they might be based on you know genuine conflicts that have been generated but you know it's about people being too thin-skinned right like i let, let's a very good example of of how to do this right you know is uh look at look at me and venture satanus right? like, <laughs> Harass each other constantly, right? And 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 sometimes make very legitimate, you know, criticisms of of the stuff that we design, right? But then, uh, 
we we understand that this is a this isn't that doesn't mean we have to be mortal enemies. We right. have a show together, right? And, and most of it's with a nod and a wink, and you can still sit down and and you know, have a beer at the end of the night and call it a day. So, but we we're not seeing that with other folks. There are folks that I considered friends, folks that I considered really top notch designers, and in the 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 inner circle of of what I would consider my sphere that have just thrown me for a loop over the last month. I don't understand it. I think there's a lot of egos and insecurities that get in the way because I, I mean, even you can have like serious differences of either design concepts or even, you know, um, personal differences with people. You know, I, um, Grim Jim and I are you know, politically almost opposites, right? Okay. <laughs> and uh, I actually was just on a stream with Jim and he, he I said, you know, we're going to have Pundit on tonight. He said, oh boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I hope he hears this, right? That we have, we have very oppositional views on a lot of stuff, right? But that doesn't mean that I won't recognize the stuff that he's done that, that's good in the hobby, right? He's been very stalwart about, about free speech in the hobby, which is essential, and he's uh, he's produced stuff, and he's encouraged other designers, and all of that sort of thing, right? So, so we can fight about these things, and yet also recognize um, each other's contributions. You know, sure. uh, at least I hope. I, I at least I can for him. I'm not sure if he'll feel the same way about me, right? But that's that's my <laughs> position towards him. Yeah, there are very few things, and and mainly the 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 real place where you get into into serious problems is if people have um, an underlying ideology that they're trying to push and that that's more important to them than the games, right? Um, because even like, you know, people pointed out a, a few months ago, I, I, was, um, I was critical of The Red Room, another incredibly good YouTube channel. And also people, they, they, have, they have designed in a very short time an entire universe of games that have all been really good and very appealing and a lot of people are very into them right without a um, doubt miguel and sylvia they're actually sponsors of this episode right now for wretched epoch so go check it out right now top notch right and but i was i was very critical of of, of the issue that led to them um getting banned basically from drive through rpg right and it's not to be a defense of drive through rpg it's that that you know they did something that that from my point of view um they 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 had all but um they'd all but demanded to be banned for it right like they they were they were they were intentionally doing exactly what drive through had set up and and in in this case not with like kind of vague rules but with a very clear statement of don't do this or you're or we're going to drop you right and they did it right mm -hmm. um and but that doesn't mean that that I'm against them, right? And they've they've sent me stuff to review. They they continue to advertise on the RPG site, right? There and and I keep encouraging people to buy their games, right? Because they you can like one of the aspects of the OSR that's that's actually very good, but that also in our modern era um, some people have issues with because we have this, you know, especially post Gen X people have this kind of. Um, exaggerated culture of niceness right which says that that you're you're not supposed to ever be mean right uh, that that's oh. that's counterproductive right that's counterproductive to growth you know and so like i've had people say that my reviews are bad 
because I point out flaws in some of the products, right? And I usually do a very <laughs> fair spectrum in my review of this is the stuff that is really good in this book. This is the stuff that that I think was not that good in this book, right? And and yet people say, no, no, you know, a review should only say the good things. A review that only says good things is useless, right? Like what's what's the point of that? The whole point of a review is to find out what's going to be um, what what what's going to be good about the book and what's going to be bad, so that you can make an informed decision as to whether you want to get that book, right? Right. I don't um, understand. There's this there's this thing millennials and less than, right? That it's for some reason you know we I guess I dropped the ball because I have a a Gen Z daughter that would fit right into this mold, but they can't accept criticism without seeing it as contempt. And right. and and I think that that's part of the problem that we're seeing now because we do have this contingent of folks in our corner of the hobby people that are good designers good thinkers good representatives of the hobby but as soon as that line of criticism comes in even if it's respectful criticism even if it's not inflammatory criticism it's immediately viewed as like this deeply personal attack and then it's met with a deeply personal attack and we got to get away from that shit yeah it's a real problem because also part of what makes like fundamentally part of what makes the OSR a good design school is that that um, it, it the people in it um, at the simultaneously as they're encouraging other designers and and promoting their work, they're also critiquing that work and that that makes everybody a better designer, right? People have critiqued stuff in some of my books that that when I when I consider it, you know, because they, they, you people can say stuff that is that is baseless, right? Uh, people who aren't really critiquing so much as attacking. But um, but there's a lot of people that have made legitimate critiques. And and when I look at those, that that helps me in future products to, to do to do a better job and to improve on what I've done before. Whereas if all all you get is, you know, a mutual appreciation society, then <laughs> then you that everybody gets stuck at the level they are, right? It's it's very important to be able to have if you've got a design school and that's what the OSR is, um, you've got to have the ability to to give and receive criticisms um, of your of your design work, you know, or or of your ideas about role playing or about all all kinds of other stuff, and and then you know to to be able to assess that right and not necessarily to to see it as an attack. Right? No, you should welcome that in, right? If if uh, and if someone is green, so to speak, and they are brought under the learning tree and say, hey, this is what you did really well. This is what you need to, you know, tune up for next time. How do you not yeah. see that as a positive? That's that's my big question. But uh, again, I I the older I I'm talking like an old man now, but the older I get, <laughs> the the more generational this divide is becoming. And it's not good for product and it's not good for business. And uh, Two reasons we do what we do is because we love what we're doing for the hobby. We love the game, right? This podcast, never going to turn a significant profit. I know that. I do it because we like it. We love it. It's the things that we want. And we're doing it to make a buck. So guys like you that are designers by trade have the incentive to continue to design. And we, without criticism, those things are never going to improve. Um, yeah. You touched on something. 
And and Kyle, I know they're your bestest friends in the world. I always just sort of <laughs> shake my head. Uh, Pundit, talk to me a little bit about the Bro SR. <laughs> oh God, here we go. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't be doing justice <laughs> if I didn't ask because I legitimately always looked at this as man, this is just a cosmic gag reel, right? They are going to one day turn on the lights and and be like, okay, we're done. Joke's on you guys, but it's not. <laughs> and, yeah, and I'm really, I'm really interested. Yeah. What's your take on these guys? Okay, well, the first thing people should know about the BroSR is that they've intentionally put themselves in an orbit of the OSR. They're, the name that they chose is a play on OSR, right? But they are not an OSR movement. They're, in fact, an anti-OSR movement. I was going to say, they're a counter-movement. Yeah, and, and because the OSR movement is a design school. It's always been that, right? Even, even in the first wave of the OSR, where, where it was largely clone products, it was still... A movement that was that was based on on creating new products. The Bro SR, as part of their explicit ideology, let's say, um, are are against playing any new products. Their their whole deal, which was largely the creation of one person, Jeffro Johnson, um, is this this kind of almost quasi religious um, concept mm-hmm. that Advanced Dungeons and Dragons First Edition is the perfect rpg it was designed almost as if by like divine inspiration by gary gygax <laughs> and it has to be played rules as written according to them except right. that also um this is actually not just playing it rules as written but playing the the specific interpretation of rules as written devised by jeffro johnson which was never how anyone played it uh, is not exactly how Gygax intended it, you know, and 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 includes some very weird ideas that that Gygax never interpreted in that way, and of course Gygax himself never never played that way. And know? I don't and, think and they no play that way either. I really don't. I, you know, they say, "Well, we do this, we do this." No, you don't. No, I, do, I do think some of them try to do that, right? And they and and the pro that's where you get the other problem, right? Like. Part of the success of the OSR as a design school is that the stuff that the OSR does works, right? Like it's been really successful because really clever people have taken the D&D structure and, and reinvented it in all these different incredible ways, right? Like, you know, um, Operation White Box, which is, which is D&D, but your commando units in World War II, you know, right. starts without number, which is, you know, D&D science fiction, there's there's several others I could name, you know, my own star adventure, uh, machinations of the space princess, uh, by uh, by Grim Jim again, and you know, tons of other stuff. There's there's so many different new explorations of those of those rules, all the wretched stuff that uh, that Red Room has done, lots and lots that that create these innovative new concepts. Right, when people play them, they work, and so people keep playing them, and people keep keep buying them. Uh, but you know the 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 dirty little secret of the bro SR is that they that that their ideas uh, of playing advanced Dungeons and Dragons with all the rules as written plus these weirdo ideas that that Jeffro Johnson came up with like like act like his interpretation of one one time this is a big issue for them <laughs> time um, timekeeping notes versus one to one time well, are two different things well what Gygax meant by by one one time in 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 his context is that you have to keep a meticulous track 
of the the of time spent you know how how time goes by during an adventure especially if you're running a campaign where there might be uh players coming in and out of the game so yes. that you know that if you know this group has been in this dungeon for the last week and a half and then you go to a to a different group or dip some some different guys who had been doing something else you can't have them being in two places at the same time right, right. that's that's what it means it has nothing to do with jeffrey johnson's idea <laughs> which is that one day in the dungeon is equal to right. one day in our real life in the in the campaign right and that then you you have to like track uh time in the game uh, alongside real time you know and and because of this 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 ridiculous notion none of their campaigns can really last very long right? like <laughs> he's a guy who claims to be you know how to win a dnd &D and all this stuff and yet um you know i think he, he he can't run a campaign to last more than six months right and you know meanwhile i've been running one osr campaign for almost 11 years now right. <laughs> so, of, of you know fortnightly play so this is this is you know this is the proof in the pudding right like that that if, if you're it's the same problem that the story gamers had, right? They had all these incredible theories all, you know, pulled out of their own asses, you know, which is where their brains were, uh, to about, you know, how to make the perfect game. And nobody ended up, you know, almost none of these were ever played in any meaningful way because as soon as you started playing them, you realized that they were garbage, right? Because they were just completely theoretical based on some notion that someone had, you know? Right. So, like, that, that, that means you're not a good game designer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the OSR is really successful because it is good game design. So, so that that was the deal, and and I mean, I I've been aware of Jeffrey Johnson since before they coined the phrase "bro SR." Um, back in like the Google Plus days, he was already kind of back then. He was he was obsessed specifically with Appendix N of the Dungeon Master's Guide and the sources of pulp fiction gaming that were in there. <laughs> um, and his big emphasis was that like, oh, you you know, people don't realize that the appendix N is the most important part of the DMG. And I'm like, dude, it's not even the most important part of the appendices, right? <laughs> like it, it's to see what, you know, the list of books Gary liked was, you know, and, and, and certainly there's a value in that, but it's, you know, he was trying to do that as part of in, uh, investigating. Back then, he was like trying to, to determine like what's the Ur D and D, what's the primordial D and D that predates everything else, so it's like the most pure, you know. And then, then he finally turned around and decided, no, actually, the perfect D and D is a D and D first, first edition rules as written, you know. But it's um, been the same narrative. I mean, <laughs> we're ten years yeah. removed now, and it's the it's the same narrative. So, and, and for a long time, this was mostly just kind of. An annoyance, right? This guy who who has, you know, he created this subculture in the bro SR of this like um, pretend extreme machismo, right? Like, oh, dude, do you even work out and stuff like that? Um, where, you know, <laughs> to all evidence, he himself doesn't work right, out. The answer is no. I play games, <laughs> you know, right? It was all this kind of uh, of, of nonsense, which was, uh, you know, it, it was presented as anti woke, and of course, a lot of a lot of people in the OSR are very anti-woke because we don't like what wokeism has done to our hobbies, right? And and that's completely legitimate. <laughs> you know, I am definitely anti-woke, um, but uh, it was it was really this this kind of pantomime of anti-woke, um, and I think that I suspect that that a lot of what Jeffro has 
now been exposed as doing was something that was was around for quite a while because i remember even back in the in the google plus days i had at one point like questioned him because you know google plus was a kind of a wild environment for a bit there and and there was you know this was around the time of you know the rise of milo yiannopoulos and stuff like that and you know i actually liked milo at the time and and and, and there was like all these new ideas popping up which were that there was a lot of different perspectives but in the midst of that there was also these these people that were kind of trying to advantageously reintroduce themselves entryism you could say into the right uh that were essentially racial supremacists and stuff right. like that i, I was going to say um, it was all sort of a, a charade i guess for some and it was a way for them to do exactly what they claim they hate, which is slide politics. But it was a way for them to do what they they were denouncing. And and you know, are we seeing this again? Question mark. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and so I remember back then, at one point, I questioned him as to like, you know, what what are his views on this? Because I think I'd seen him interacting with certain people that I that that were you know pretty openly. Uh, racist, basically. Sure. You know, right-wing racist, as opposed to say woke racists, which there are a lot of also. And and he, no, 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 I don't care about that. So, and, I'm, and I took him at his word at the time, right? Um, and and that's fine. I mean, and later we even, you know, um, as long as that was the apparent face of it, you know, like um, he was, he was a guy that you know I, I disagreed completely with every idea he had, but but it was fine, right? To the point that we had him as a guest star in inappropriate characters where we, where we debated the relative merits or lack thereof of the bro SR. <laughs> um, but I think that that part of what's happened is that as he's catered to this kind of profoundly reactionary tail end of, of the hobby, he's felt more emboldened to, to, to share certain ideas. Now, you know, it could be that, that he's, he's, you know, does he really believe in this or is he doing it because he's playing to some of his heart, most diehard fans? Right. And we know that they are that a lot of his diehard fans um, are more extreme do, than him, for sure. They do have these views because we know it, because as soon as you criticize him, you get, you know, dozens of guys from the bro SR coming onto your to your Twitter and sharing their opinions about about certain ethnic <laughs> ethnicities, you know, like, right? So yes. it's it's, yes. it's very clear that that is part of the the bro SR's you know contingent. But you know, he started posting some stuff that was very openly anti-Semitic. Sure. And so yes. at that point, as far as I'm concerned, that's no different than if you know if you have somebody who's who's in the OSR and starts you know posting stuff about you know, how we need to get white people out of the hobby or something like that, right? If, if uh -huh. somebody on the left did that, we wouldn't tolerate it. But the problem is that, that um, th and this is part of the problem in our modern society, is that one of the worst things that the, the, the so-called progressive left has done is that they have um, diminished the ability to dis discriminate between an, an accusation of racism and actual racism. Right, because because they call everybody racist, and so this has actually allowed people who have actually despicable views 
to come in under the radar and 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 whenever someone calls them out on it to say oh you're acting like an sjw right, right. or something like that you know but it's like no dude you posted this stuff you know it gives <laughs> them literally... a nice cloak that they can hide behind and then if they continue to permeate different platforms and different ideas it becomes closer to normal and I think that's the problem that I have with it. We can't allow stupidity, and I don't care if it's anti-Semitism or overt racism or sexism, you know, all of the isms that we were taught are wrong, but we were also taught that they're not, you know, leverage in an argument. And I think that's the, the big difference. We can't let those things permeate. Let's just sit down and play a goddamn good game, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's... It, it, it's about wanting to have games be a normal activity, right? It's it, 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 you, there. There's a group, a very prominent group on the left that wants games and all other hobbies and all entertainments and all pastime to actually be first and foremost a vehicle for ideological indoctrination and in certain ideas, right? right? And uh -huh. that it's a, that is a fundamental problem that has to be fought, right? But but then. Again, because people see those, the, the you know the overwhelming influence and power that that part of the of the of the left has in our society, and despise it correctly, despise it. Um, they they start to say you know like if if you criticize someone who has been publicly anti woke because they're also posting openly anti Semitic memes or stuff like that. Um, suddenly they go, oh, well, why are you picking on that guy? You know, why aren't you worried about the, you know, the woke left? I'm like, dude, they're exactly the same, right? Like they believe the same things. They just cheer for slightly different skin tones, you know, like the, the, it's, it's the same collectivist garbage, right? Ayn Rand said that racism is the most, is the most primitive and vile form of, of, of collectivism, you know? Um, and, and our whole point is supposed to be that, you know, you don't care about, ethnicity, color of skin, you know, any of the immutable traits, uh, you know, what, what you care about is the quality of, of, of the individual right. you know, and, and of people. Right. And, and so like, you know, this isn't because I want to clarify because some people listening to this might not, might not have seen any of this. Right. Is that this isn't like, I don't know. Uh, he says, you know, he's got uh, a mean opinion about George Soros or something. Right. Like that's, you know, it's not it's not he's criticized certain people who are Jewish. No, no. He's posted stuff about like uh, there's a cabal of Jews who are trying to undermine, you know, our, our literature or stuff like that. You know, like um, it's, right. it's, it's absolutely uh, unfounded ridiculousness, too. Right. It's 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 a it's a collective uh, attack. Not it's not that he's criticizing individuals. I'm not saying you can't criticize someone who's Jewish or that you couldn't, you know, have criticisms of the state of Israel or something like that, right? Like this is not that. This is this is a guy who has posted at openly um, collective anti-Semitic memes, right? Um, and, and in my mind, and, and not just not just me. I'm not saying he hasn't just shared some picture ironically or something like that, right? He said stuff. He's tweeted out stuff that has that has been like this, right? And so, yes. um, to me, that that absolutely crosses a line. You know. Right. And that is an immediate disinvitation. I know that this show is not the bee's knees for anybody, but I'm not going to allow someone, even if we don't talk about that one iota, we talk nothing about his political beliefs. We just talk about the game. I still can't embrace that person 
and give them a platform if that's under the surface. It just doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna slightly disagree with you here. Go ahead. Um, and this is from my perspective because I think one of the things that has happened, right? Because uh, something that that caused this uh, a recent blowout on Twitter. Sure. Is that the basic expert is going to have um, Jethro in in his show, and said so, right? And people, some people have claimed that I was saying, no, no, he has to be censored, he has to be canceled, right? You can't, you can't have Jeffro on your show. Um, uh, and some people have even claimed that I, you know, that I was somehow threatening to cancel the basic expert, as if I could do that, even, you know, like. And neither of those are true. Um, but what I'm saying is, what I said to him is, well, you know, are you going to ask him about the anti-Semitic postings he's done, right? Because the the, the thing is. Um, it's not to me like from my point of view, sunlight is the absolute best disinfectant, right? I I am fairly certain that most gamers, um, if they if they don't hear about this, they might listen to Jethro and think, oh, those are interesting ideas, right? But if they if they do know about this, then that's gonna that that's immediately gonna change their perspective, right? Because that 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 is a such a significant aspect of someone that. You look at that and you go, well, okay, you know, the, the, this is this casts a light on anything else that he might say, right? And he knows that, which is why he won't want to talk about that in a in a place that isn't a bro SR safe space, right? <laughs> well, then so, I'm just a shitty person because I wouldn't have him on sunlight okay, no, no, cleaning no, no, him around. Everybody's entitled to decide who they have or don't have on their show, right? Um, and so I'm not saying that 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 you're necessarily wrong about that on a personal level. No, I, I my, know that. <laughs> My point of view is that uh, you know just saying, well, we're gonna we're gonna just not let him, you know, we're gonna we're gonna try to 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 cancel him or something is not nearly as effective as actually calling him out on it, you know, and 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 forcing him to discuss it, you know, <laughs> like uh, that that is that is actually the better way to do it, you know. The, my point isn't to silence Jeffro; it's to expose him, you know, right. and and that and I think that that is a more effective way to do it. So the the issue I had with, um, uh, with with the basic expert was that um, he was. He, it seems like he felt that oh no, I'm only interested in his thoughts about gaming. But to me, you know, like that's that's something that you probably can't separate from every other part of his his movement, especially because it's not just. It's very clearly not just him, right? <laughs> like there's the the and you see this on the thread that was created out of the basic experts post complaining that I had suggested this, right? That I'd even suggested it, uh, because there you saw literally dozens of bro SR people coming on, <laughs> and quite a lot of them yeah. were saying, "Oh yeah, but, you know, the Jews did this and that, right, or something like that, right?" Like they're they're yeah. not they're not coming on and saying this isn't true. They're saying, oh, why do you care? <laughs> and by the way, you know, the Jews are bad people, you know, or something like that, which is just unbelievable, right? But they're, that's 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 actually, you know, the the reaction that they get, you know? So, like, it, it, the, the threat itself is proof that that this is not just something irrelevant to looking at the Bro SR, you know? I think it's really hard, you know, it'd be like me saying, okay, I want to do a study on 1930s Germany, but I don't really care about you know, their final solution and everything. I just really want to know how they made the trains run on time. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I think actually uh, uh, another way to look at this, right. Is that again, because this is a, another problem of the current culture war is that 
that there's there's one side in the culture war in terms of the extremes that have done far better than the other, right? People always say, oh, well, you know, yeah, like people who are trying to defend progressivism say, uh, oh, well, you, you know, the, the, yeah, we've got some people, you know, who maybe go too far on like race politics or gender politics or things like that. But you guys have got people that are racist and anti-Semitic too, right? And I'm like, well, hang on, you know, the left, the people who are openly advocating racialist ideologies are in Congress, they're in control of the schools, they're in media, they're, they get to go on CNN and talk about this and, and claim all these things. Uh, whereas the people on the right are like a tiny group of people living in some trailer park somewhere that nobody <laughs> listens to, right? Like the, the, right, the, the, the right is not um, as a, 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 it hasn't brought these people into the center of, of, of political power on the right. It hasn't even brought them into the periphery, right? They, they always try to get in, you know, because they say, oh, yeah, we hate woke people. And therefore, you know, we're on your side. No, you're not on our side. We don't want to have anything to do with you because of the disproportionate power that the left wing woke totalitarians with with all of their racial politics and everything else have. Right. Um, there's this feeling by some people that, well, you know, we shouldn't even be criticizing. Maybe there are some people on the right that have these views and, you know, but we shouldn't be going after them because we're somehow doing the job of the left for them or something. And th th that's bullshit, right? Because these guys are th like the division is between people who believe that the color of your skin or your ethnic background is a fundamentally and absolutely central trait to to everything about you and and is immutable and can't you know like that it's it's something that is just so central to existence right like you know white people are fundamentally evil right or something like that <laughs> you know or or the opposite right like right. anyone who is anyone who's black can't be racist because they're black right or something like that you know th those are real views on the left you no, know? That, the people um, say that out loud it's it's yeah, astounding yeah, and, and so that that is the same perspective that that the people that are on the the racial supremacist far 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 right have right they're both collectivists they believe uh, they they don't believe in the the actual principles of western civilization on the principles that you see in like you know in the us constitution right the the equality of people the the uh, the fundamental liberty of the individual you know and and in basically in judging people by their individual actions and merit and not by some kind of a collective guilt right so they are not part of us um but you know there is that urge to say well you know if we if we fight them you know if we if we don't let these people in if we don't unite the right or something like that then um then the other guys are going to have an advantage over us well no they're not you know like because we have to, to toss those guys over there right so i always say that essentially those guys are just the woke right you know they're not they're not they're not actually um, they're not actually the people who are uh, fighting for the, the 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 real principles, and they're not opponents of wokeness. They just they want to have exactly the same. They have the same dreams of power. They're just incompetent at, at achieving it, right? right? Compared to the left, who has been hyper competent at achieving power. Um, so so like this is this is part of the, the the problem, which has led to a situation where now people are like, well, you know, yeah, maybe he has some some unfortunate views about Jewish people, but you know he's he doesn't like woke and so therefore he's he's okay right and he and he you know he talks about ad and d a lot so let's just talk about that you know and and as far as i'm concerned that's not a a serious position to take right that's a 
that's a flawed position. You know, this it does us no favors to 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 include somebody who has these views. You know, and and to and to and to ignore the the criticism any and you know to to in fact forbid any any mentioning of those views. Um, you know that that seems to me to be completely contrary to what we should be doing. You know. It's halfway ostriching, right? I, I, I'm just going to pretend that this doesn't exist, and let's talk about what we want. Imagine if, instead of that, you had someone who was in like some kind of area of the OSR, who who had some wacky ideas about game design or whatever, or or gameplay or something. Um, but, you know, they were they were they were also really big advocates for minor attracted persons as the left calls it these oh, days right yeah. like would anyone say oh no that's not important i just want to know what he thinks about ascending or descending armor class right no one would say that no. right like it, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense right and and in fact if, if the if, if and we know this for a fact if there's somebody who's who's like um they've made an osr type game uh, or in fact a game that you could say yeah that that is technically an osr game but they are you know, uh, Antifa supporters, you know, I think a lot of gamers would be like, yeah, I want to know if this guy's an Antifa supporter, <laughs> you know, like, I want to know if, if this person uh, is, you know, a supporter of, of uh, radical gender ideology, or if they're, or if they, you know, if they, if they believe that the races shouldn't mix, because, you know, that that would in increase white supremacy or something, you know, like, like, I mean, again, there's that old joke, I think Ryan Long did it, right, where, where, um, you compare a racist and a woke person and they believe all the same things, right? They, <laughs> they, they believe the same things about race mixing. They believe the same thing about, you know, certain races being better than others, being more moral than others. They, they both don't like the Jews, you know, and, and uh, you know, they agree on everything. They just happen to, to support different, you know, one is team, team red and the other one's team blue, but that's it. You know, the, other than that, they agree on all this fundamental toxic element of a worldview of of this this idea of this collectivist worldview you know no i i hear you 100 percent. so let's swing this positive right this is probably the biggest schism in our neck of the woods as far as the hobby goes that we've had for quite some time how do we mend it how do we get back to being supportive of one another understanding that there's going to be tiffs. I, I, I look at it like a family reunion, right? There's always going to be some sort of conflict, but you're still family. And I'm, for the first time ever, like, I've had my share of conflict. And this is the first time I've experienced, I don't know if we're going to come back as a family. And that's legitimate. That's not me being over the top with it. I, I really don't know. Can we come back from this point or are we looking at the birth of another end of the hobby? I'm seeing a big fragmentation in what we would consider six months ago, all of our comrades on our side of the line. How do we bring them back together? Right. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I've got all the answers for that. Right. But um, I think that, that, it's always been one of the characteristics of the OSR um, that that we can have um, differences of opinion and and debates and discussions, right? And, right. and call each other out on stuff, um, while still also fundamentally, yeah. Like it, the motto of the OSR is, we only care, you know, that that you game, right? <laughs> and, and so, like. Um, if you're, if you're, and that, and, and, you know, there are some things that test that, right? Like, because, because part of that it, it implies also, we, we all, we care that you only game, that you don't, you know, 
bring into the hobby some kind of like um other ideological agenda right sure. that's also a, a part of it right so that 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 disqualifies the wokus and it disqualifies the bro sr but um but beyond that you know we can if if we remember that right like and we 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 focus on um on keeping up that discussion there's only so much i think there's only so much bad blood that you can have about your differences about reaction rules or something like that <laughs> well, <laughs> well but that's the thing realize, we're finally well, you know, doing what they maybe did that's not something to you know never invite them back to the christmas party over you know like uh, there, there's a big difference between having a fight between ascending versus descending <laughs> armor class and uh, and you know, having a fight about somebody posting about the the evil cabal of Jews that are destroying you know Western fiction or something, you know, like that. Th those are two very different things. And and so, if, if first thing is people have to have a sense of priorities, right? Um, but second, I mean, I, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I'm never going to stop criticizing other people in the OSR, and I'm never going to stop calling out if if there's something I think is actually, you know, serious mistakes that somebody is making. Here, here. Um, but I'm also never going to stop promoting stuff that I see in the OSR that I think is is good, right? Like, so, uh, you know, I, 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 I the, the basic expert is annoyed with me right now because I've, I've criticized what appears to be his planned approach in, in having um jeffro on his channel right but that doesn't mean i'm suddenly going to say oh well you know what the basic experts crap and everything he thinks is crap you know that i i don't think that i think he said he says very interesting stuff you know and he's he's he, he does um interesting videos so uh you know i'm gonna keep supporting i i he sent me um his game to review and i'm gonna review it and i'm gonna review it very fairly you know so like um uh, the, you know the, the way to do this is to remember what the OSR is supposed to be about fundamentally, which is uh, a school of design to create, you know, really top level RPGs that that have, you know, really innovative ideas and concepts and settings and adventures and all of that. And to promote everybody who does that, right? And not to not to start trying to um to not gatekeep, but to not 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 to start trying to have like some kind of a of a hierarchy of you know, some kind of inner council of the elites that, that, that decide right. what, you know, who whose stuff is promoted and what isn't, right? Like, but but to, if you see something that's good, you should say it's good, right? That's important, and and I hope I hope that that the people that are having these fights, and again, I I only kind of clued into this somewhat late you know i've i've had fights my entire career i'm the probably you know <laughs> there's nobody who's been doing this stuff as long as i have i've been doing it for almost 20 years now uh being the rpg pundit you know like my when i started it was on a blog on zanga right most people don't even know what zanga is. <laughs> so, like, uh I, and i have I have been a shitlord the whole time right <laughs> and 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 been really critical about people who deserve to be really critical about and poked at people who maybe deserve to be poked at a little bit. And I've also been, you know, a huge promoter of a whole bunch of people, including people that I don't agree with everything that they do. You know, like again, the red room, for example, I didn't agree with one thing that they did. Doesn't mean I'm going to suddenly say, well, you're dead to me and I'm going to try to destroy your products. <laughs> right. no, I'm going I'm to promote you because you make good products. So if you make good products, you know, you don't, you're not bringing in ideological agendas. You're not trying to, to to be a pope or king of the OSR, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep encouraging you to make good products and to make good videos and all of that. And you know, this was not me 
trying to put some kind of of purity demand on the basic expert. It was me um, trying to give a legitimate criticism of the basic expert and how it seemed he planned to do his um, his interview. You know, um, and and I'm it's a it's unfortunate if he if he interpreted it as, as an attack on him, because, you know, I, I certainly, I, my interactions with him have never been uh, critical in any way up till now. Right. Is that, you know, the, the problem is that for me, this is a very serious subject. Right. And, sure. and I, I felt that um, it would be a disservice to, to people in the OSR. If you have Jeffro on your show and, and first of all, present him as part of the OSR rather than someone in an anti OSR movement. And second, um, presented him as somebody who just has interesting views on D and D, and not mention the other stuff that is very much a central part of his movement. You know, like something that that is that is it's very clear from all the people that that follow him. You know, fair, fair enough. And you know, with with I luck, we, we continue to support to each other. And yeah, we have to continue emphasizing that the OSR is a game design school, and to to, to keep. Uh, it to keep it being a, a decentralized and and encouraging game design school, right? Like one that that wants more people to make good games. That's the goal. Uh, if if there were a hundred more people designing awesome OSR games, I would be happy about that, right? And, and I would not feel threatened by that because I know that my games are good too, right? So I don't have a problem with that. And and the problem happens, I think, when you have people that have insecurity. And I think in this case, the insecurity isn't about the game design; it's about you know, people wanting to grow their YouTube channels, you know, and, and, and feeling insecure about anything that might threaten that, you know? Right. Um, it's more about a brand than a game. And we need to just get back to the game. And that's what you want to avoid because otherwise we turn into fifth edition, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> turn into influencer culture, the hobby, you know, and then that's, that's terrible. And then we become exactly what we never wanted to be and what we were set out sort of against philosophically from, from the get go. So Oh, uh, well, Pundit, I, I, again, humbled and honored that you would come and, and share your wisdom with us. I've kept you for well more than the 20 minutes we've already <laughs> that we talked about originally. But sorry if I go on. And no, I, I sincerely appreciate it. And hopefully, you know, this is the, the first step to sort of say, hey, you know, the next barbecue, everybody's still welcome. So, <laughs> uh, thanks. Yeah, I mean, that's as far as I was You know, it just like a week before this happened. Happened, uh, the, this thing about Jeffro happened. Um, I had said to the basic expert, because he was on with me on Diversity right. and Dragons, right? And I said, we want to have you on inappropriate character soon. And I still want to have him on inappropriate character soon. And I still I still think the stuff he does is great. And, and you know, I want to have you on inappropriate characters at some point, you know? <laughs> like uh we'll 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 send you an invitation, assuming that you wanna that would, you wanna be on. I would be honored, absolutely. I think it would be a fun time too, because uh inappropriate characters is is a weekly highlight. So <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to just encourage good game design. I also want to encourage there being more YouTube channels like mine, right? YouTube channels uh, th that are commentary on the OSR and stuff like that. And, you know, game design ideas and, you know, uh, advice for DMS and all of that stuff, all the stuff I do on my channel and to see other people that are doing it at a level that I think is very good which is definitely what a lot of the new people are doing. You know, I'm very impressed by them all. And I want to encourage people to watch those and to subscribe to those. Right? I'm not, like the, the attitude for our hobby should never be, Oh, look, uh, 
you know, these guys, they've got a thousand subscribers now and I've got, you know, 7,000 and maybe they'll pass me or something. Like, I'm not worried about that at all. You know, like I'm confident in my own stuff and, and, and I want to help others do really well with theirs. Right. That's that's my position. Absolutely. And I think that that is a great place to be. We we don't want to become the Sparkle Trolls. So, um, again, thank you so much. Uh, if you haven't checked out Pundit's immense and spectacular collection of work, go to the show notes and check it out. We're going to link you to his entire catalog available on DriveThru. Um, my personal favorite right now, just because it's my new toy, is Lion and Dragon, which is a great look if you want to pop something medieval into your setting or if you're looking for a completely medieval setting uh, but there is so much stuff out there uh, pundit is incredibly prolific and generally it's all top-notch stuff so go to the show notes check out the link there and uh, throw a couple bones his way you'll find something amazing for your table uh, again pundit thank you so much for your time i i look forward if if you would have me we Certainly we'll have a good time on inappropriate characters. I'll dust off the webcam and make an appearance. I do that from time to time, but uh, Nerd Cognito is just all about people listening to the stuff that they love, you know, in the car or at the gym, bro, when you're working out and clanging and banging, <laughs> you can still have a little bit of game. And uh, we were privileged to have you, and I think it was good perspective, uh, good look at what was, what is, and how we can get back to business, which is gaming and having a nice, neat, and friendly corner of the hobby that is just supportive of one another. Because you said it best, we're decentralized, and that's a good thing. We can't let it bite us in the ass. So thanks for stopping by tonight. We certainly appreciate your time. Thank you. Whew, boy, oh boy, I, I'm exhausted, but Pundit had some really good wisdom. I think it was an interesting perspective just from everything that he's seen and the experience that he's amassed to hear sort of his take on the hobby sort of then, now, and forever, right? Uh, it was it was an interesting, interesting hour, and I wasn't blown smoke up his ass. Privileged to have him on the show and to share that Absolutely. perspective with us. Um what a good talk, man. Yeah. Um, he's, he's always got good insight. Um, whether, whether you like the guy or you hate the guy, he's got good insight and he's well-reasoned. Uh, he's very articulate and he, he puts a lot of thought into his answers, which is actually kind of a rarity sometimes nowadays. Right. It's a little refreshing and, and yeah. he, he laid it all out there. You know, he said, right or wrong this is where i stand and this is what i see and these are the things that i think and you got to respect that so uh, hats off to him glad to have him of course he has an open invite whenever he would love to stop back with us again um but it was it was just a refreshing chat and no animosity right we talked about some hot button issues but there is yes. no ill will, and I think that that's that's the one thing that people are missing. They're they're imposing ill will on the things that are said, and as as many people say, it's a silly game about elves and bards and fighters and wizards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's let's bring this end of the hobby back together. We're, we're decentralized, as pundit said, but we really do need to do a good job of supporting each other and and holding each other up even when we have these differences so i own my end of my little spats 
And uh, I think this is a good place to put the final nail in the coffin and say, hey, this is done. We had our moments. We know where we agree and where we disagree. But the important thing is, fundamentally, we're sharing the same philosophy. So let's not be at each other's throats. Yeah, I mean, time will tell. I mean, sometimes it's like the Godfather. You know, just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. So, uh, Oh, you didn't do it with the voice. You got to do it with the voice. Like Silvio did in the, in the remember uh, that in, in the Sopranos? Just, it was yeah, so in the Sopranos, over the top. Yeah. <laughs> just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. Well, I, I'm not getting pulled back in. I am going to support everybody, including those that had not nice things to say about me. Because when it boils down to it, um, we all have a common goal. Right. And and that's that we all want to have the best time at our table doing things in the general philosophy that we subscribe to. So, look, it's it's kinder, gentler Ryan David. Holy shit. What the fuck happened? Pundit made me a changed man. <laughs> oh, Lord. You've had a religious experience. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> that's, I'm <done laughs> talking religion. <laughs> um. I'm just, man, it's, it was, it was not what I expected. And that's a good thing, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, you know yes. what else is a good thing? It's always a good thing when we have a check mark hero. You know, they're good things, Kyle, because they let the ladies that run the Nerd Cognito Twitter account do their thing with the coveted blue check mark. And this month's check mark hero is a longtime check mark hero. It is Mr. Matt Barninger. Encourage you to follow Matt on Twitter. He's got great, great insights. He's a good guy all the way around. Don't always agree with him don't always disagree with him but he is truly one of the spectacular folks in our end of the hobby and we encourage you to follow him at matt barniger that's m-a-t-t underscore b-a-r-n-i-n-g-e-r matt was our checkmark hero because he threw eight bucks our way you too can be a checkmark hero we picked up another checkmark hero last week so i think we're up to we're getting towards the end of the, the calendar year as far as checkmark heroes booking in advance kyle uh, but if you want to be a checkmark hero, go to nerdcognito.com, click on Be a Checkmark Hero at the top of the page, and you too will hear me sing Checkmark Hero with your name attached to it. I mean, what more do you want, Kyle? I mean, come on. Right. For, eight, for eight bucks, what more can you ask? For? Your life can be complete. Me singing. Checkmark. All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> while you're, uh, while you're, perusing the checkmark hero you want to cruise over to the twitter machine as well and follow at nerd cognito because we are still doing our summer of giveaways and it's getting down to the wire my friends it certainly is this week is the final week for you to register for the june second half giveaways we've got a hardcover copy of David Gwill's Dungeons and Delvers, the OSR Epic. That's going to be sent out to you courtesy of David. Also, we have Dystopian Dawn, courtesy of Frack Brain Studios. 
where you can pick up a player's guide and a GM's guide. So two giveaways to round out your June. Make sure you go to NerdCognito, follow the ladies, find the promotional tweets, and do the stuff in the tweets so that you might be gifted one of those copies. It's it's all in all a good thing. Ooh, I, I am tired. I'm exhausted. I'm mentally spent and in a good way, right? Um, yeah. I, I really feel that all of the angst was summed up tonight very eloquently by our guest without any angst. And, yes. and I don't know if that makes sense, but that's just me speaking from my silly heart and, and these goddamn emotions that I work so hard to kill. Why are they here? <laughs> <laughs> and the Ryan's heart grew three sizes that day. Oh, let's not get carried away. <laughs> There's still sparkle okay. trolls out there. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on your mind this week? Or I just want to settle in and... And just sort of reflect on pulling everybody back together. You know, we're not here to tear people apart. And I think yeah. Pundit, Pundit really was able to to drive that point home. Yeah, it gives me some hope because earlier this week I was just totally amazed at how many people are one missed prescription away from going full Kanye. <laughs> Me too, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not full Kanye. I'll just take a Britney Spears. <laughs> I'm dancing. I'm dancing. Uh -huh. oh. Yeah, that's Britney, bitch. Oh, man. She is so attractive until she opens her mouth, even to this day. <laughs> even to this day. So there's only one thing she needs to open her mouth for. Anyway, uh, I guess we better wrap this thing up. Um, it's 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 been a week. Here's to happier times in the OSR as we get over this little road bump and, and get back to the core things that are important. So my yeah. name is Ryan Davis. Puppies and mini donuts. Well, ooh, donuts. Yum. Uh, you know, that's my weakness. See, now now we've got a whole nother segment to go. <laughs> donuts are my pastry of choice. So um, you have a good donut shop in your neck of the woods? Look, I was ready to go home and you brought in donuts. No, we don't. We don't have good donuts in here. No, we used to have. Not really. Well, there's there's a there. I guess there's a couple of local places that are decent. They're not what I would call good. Uh, if you ever come to our neck of the woods, there is a place that is spectacular. Now, there are gunshot wounds and C-section scars walking up to the door, but the donuts there are amazing, and I will treat you to a donut, <laughs> my friend. So. Sounds like home. Yeah, well, there, there you go. <laughs> uh, I better wrap this up before I do get talking about donuts again. Uh I, I got nothing else. Uh, just remember, enjoy the games at your table, enjoy the people, and support our end of the hobby. That's what's most important. My name is Ryan David. I was joined by Kyle. Thank you for tuning in to this very special episode of Nerd Cognito, and we will talk at you next week. See ya. 